Same story, same outcome here for the Denver Broncos Thursday night football as they lose to the Cleveland Browns 17-14. to The score does it no justice. Sarah Bettinger, myself, we recap the game. We take a look at the Broncos offense and the defensive struggles against the Cleveland Browns. We also take a look at the issues that are seemingly becoming more glaring for this Denver Broncos team and what's next going forward with 10 days rest before the next opponent. We break it all down in today's episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos. Your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the End Zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us, we cover the Denver Broncos for the Lockdown Network and Nine News. Make sure you follow and subscribe. Free and available everywhere you get your podcasts. Not to mention, you can also hit the subscribe button, turn on notifications here on YouTube to stay in the loop every single day through the ups and downs. And Sarah, right now, the Broncos, they are on a downward spiral in the last month, my friend. And I feel for Broncos country. It's been very disappointing seeing how the team has played. And sure enough, enough on primetime football it happens once again and now you're two and four against AFC opponents it is it is on the struggle bus right now for the Broncos and for Broncos country it's real I feel for every Broncos fan right now I do too Cody it's tough man it's there's nothing worse you know there's nothing worse than losing in the NFL nothing nothing could be worse possibly than losing twice in a matter of four days it just sucks. It's it's there's no other way to put it and we feel for everyone in Broncos country right now. I mean it's just it is a brutal, brutal pill to swallow. Four straight losses after starting 3-0. and We're all talking like, oh, it's finally the September curse with Vic Fangio is over. And Teddy Bridgewater playing so efficient. Then all of a sudden, man, it's just one thing after another. Like you said, Cody, just spiraling out of control. It's not just the offense anymore either, which is the really unfortunate part and the really concerning part. We thought that if anything, we'd be able to hang our hats on the defense all season long, but that just hasn't been the case, and they have been mostly healthy other than the inside linebacker position, which we'll get to later, but all those pieces are still there for the most part. It's it's you got to be just mostly healthy in the NFL to have success, right? And, of course, the Broncos just can't figure it out. They can't figure out that winning formula. I can't say the players look like they quit, Cody, because it's impossible to say that. You can't you, – you just can't assume that about players. But, man, they don't look – they don't look like they're they want it more than the other team. I mean, Case Keenum just went out there and beat you. All due respect to Case Keenum. Like, come on, like give me a break. So <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. No, not to mention that. Look, and this is a game too coming into it. No Nick Chubb, no Kareem Hunt here for the Cleveland Browns. And they come in, and you know what they do? They pound the rock and they abuse the Broncos defense. This is a game where the Broncos defense, in terms of against the run, completely buckled up allowing 5.5 yards per carry and over 182 yards on the ground to the third string and fourth string running backs, respectively, for the Browns. Just an embarrassing performance against the run. And Sarah, you know, it goes deeper to some of the issues we're going to address coming up here in just a little bit. But that was very discouraging seeing there were so many situations. Heck, there was a time where the Broncos had the Browns backed up on a first and 15, and then they allowed a 12-yard carry, and it became a second and three. That is deflating. And there's other issues that are creeping in here for the Broncos defense. You know, outside of maybe some health, Von Miller goes down in this game with an injury. Now, after the game, he said that he's good, but we'll have to wait and see. The replay looked brutal, and I was just dejected. I did a halftime Twitter spaces with Broncos country, and it was just like an open therapy session where I just let Broncos fans come in and say, hey, 
this sucks. And rightfully so. I mean, you're watching it. It's almost like if you're in boxing, you go to the analogy. This is one where like, if you're sitting there watching the amount of runs, the amount of times the Broncos defense is getting gashed, you're going to throw in that white towel and say, Hey, enough, throw the damn towel because that's exactly what it was like. And I felt bad for the Broncos secondary because in the passing game, Sarah, they actually did a really good job in this game. You know, you give a couple of plays playing off coverage, but I tell you what, it's like, how can we find right here a bright spot in a loss and just an abysmal performance by the team? Uh, you know, you look at Patrick Sertan, who just looks the party. He matched up against OBJ, Jarvis Landry, Rashad Higgins. He did a lot of great things in this game. I like his technique. You know, there's areas, obviously, of his game he needs to improve. He missed a couple of tackles in this game, and especially a couple on short second down situations or even third and short. That's something he has to improve in his game if he wants to take the next step. He's a great cover guy, but he has to improve as a tackler. That's the one thing I'll, I'll pinpoint point there. Shelby Harris's really good game kind of just washed out here by the Broncos' inability to stop the run. And I think everyone's going to look at the Broncos' defensive line there and say, hey, it is their fault that they can't get anything going. But the reality is the defensive line at times actually did a really good job. You know, the issue is at that second level here at the linebacker position. We'll talk about that a little bit more in depth coming up here in just a moment. But let's even get to the offensive side here. Just once again, a lethargic output here, Sarah, by the Broncos' offense. And really in that first half, what we had seen from them Kind of reminded me what we talked about, player safety, right? And looking at Teddy Bridgewater, it didn't look like he was 100% healthy, and you can tell that. That first interception he threw, he didn't have enough air on it. That's a pass that, you know, a guy like, you know, maybe if he's accurate with it, but Drew Locke, somebody with a strong arm makes that throw, that, that pass that was intended mm -hmm. for John Brown. Teddy didn't. He sailed that one. And then there was one down the left sideline right before the end of the first half to Cortland Sutton. He underthrew it, and it became an offensive P.I. on Cortland. It's just Teddy did not have the deep ball going for him in, in this game, and that's been really an inconsistent area for him so far the last four weeks. The short and sweet stuff is there, but defenses, they don't respect the Broncos' offense. They want them to do that. And that was the thing, I think, that stood out to me the most. In the first half, two first downs alone, they opened up with a great second-half drive downfield to score and get things going, make things interesting. But when you needed the defense get a stop at that point they couldn't so it was kind of like when you do one good thing the other unit decides to wash it away when the other unit steps up the other one just simply can't get it done and uh, that's the unfortunate nature I mean that's the story so far here of the 2021 Denver Broncos it is they're not working in harmony at all it's just not there and like you said the, you can't pinpoint everything on Teddy Bridgewater but man yeah. he, he wasn't healthy enough to play he just he, and he hasn't been good enough to be the starter and the Broncos came into this season knowing that they hey Vic Fangio said it and I'll continue to bring it back up he feels like he's got two quarterbacks that he can win with what that means to me is that if one of them's hurt you could put the other one in the game and start him if need be especially on a short week so I feel like this was a, a huge missed opportunity for Vic Fangio and the coaching staff one among many and this is not to say that Drew Locke needs to be in the game because Teddy Bridgewater has lost his opportunity that's not what I'm saying I think this was just a golden opportunity for Drew Locke to play and show what he can do and make those downfield throws and maybe provide a spark for the offense and maybe for everyone else who knows what could have happened and course there'll be people who say well if drew lock was in the game he just would have thrown three interception blah 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 i i i've heard all, i've seen all that i've seen and yeah. heard it all so <laughs> it's always yeah. going to be there right but it's just some type of spark was needed and teddy bridgewater hasn't been providing it 
Uh, especially downfield, too. You can see the body language and, and really just how the Broncos have utilized Noah Fant. It frustrates me, Sarah, and I put the tweet out there. Noah Fant is too talented to be utilized just as a guy that's going to be running east and west on drag patterns short of the sticks, and you're, he's always going to be the guy that's going to catch it at five yards when you need a nine-yard completion on third and nine, and I think Noah's frustrated about that, so maybe you can make some of the claims about maybe his effort or body language to the fact that he's not being utilized. How crazy is it, Sarah, to think that two years ago we saw Noah Fat going vertical against the Browns, mm-hmm. having catches mm-hmm. and runs for 72-yard touchdowns against the Cleveland Browns, and all of a sudden he's just not even being utilized in the sense that he needs to be. I think it says a lot about the coordinator. And look, I hate to harp on it, but it is a real issue. In Broncos country, we're actually going to talk about issues coming up here in a moment. It's late. We're recording the post-game report here immediately following the Broncos-Browns game. Broncos lose 17-14 to and drop four straight games in a really disappointing performance. And Broncos country has every right to feel how they feel because it is frustrating. As somebody who covers the team, Sarah, I'm frustrated for Broncos fans. And I, I see it in my mentions all the time. We see it here in the YouTube comment section all the time. But before we get into our issues portion of today's episode, post-game report, Lockdown Broncos, let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode show. It's our good friends over there, BetOnline.ag. Week 7 of the NFL action is here. BetOnline.ag has you covered, not to mention the start of the NBA season has also began. The Denver Nuggets off to a 1-0 start with a win against the Phoenix Suns on Wednesday. And BetOnline has you covered for basketball, UFC, MMA action, NHL, MLB, NFL. They have it all. Everything that you could be looking for to put your money on the line today. And you can go to the new mobile website that they have, the new user interface that they have. You can see the latest odds, contest information, and props. Not to mention, if you sign up today, make sure you use promo code LOCKDOWN to get 50% on a welcome deposit bonus today with promo code LOCKDOWN. BetOnline, where all the action begins. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Sarah, jumping to the second half action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos post-game report. I feel like maybe some clarity, some positivity we could shed here, Sarah, is that we can go into Sunday and we can relax a little bit. We can just enjoy Sunday watching football, being envious of other teams that have explosive offenses and playing really good defense. And we could just not have to worry that, okay, hey, you know, we got to put together a post-game report here covering, you know, what's going wrong with the team. And, and it sucks, Sarah. I think when a team is losing and when you cover a team, it's frustrating because the fan base is equally as frustrated as you are because when things are good for the team that you cover, everything is great. When things are bad, it's a snowball effect. And I always like that we try to keep a level head here on the podcast. And, and look, I that that's what I feel like we can do here. Not not to be so doom and gloom, not to be overly positive or anything like that. We just have to be realistic. And mm-hmm. I, I say right now, this is a football team that has a lot of talent, but they're not playing like a good football team. They, they look like a bad football team right now, and a lot of it starts at the top down from the coaching staff. And these are players that aren't necessarily inspired, I think, by the staff. And I think that we could really see some changes maybe here this week. It could come as early as Friday afternoon, Sarah, so we could find something out today, whether or not the Broncos make any changes. And now's the time to do it because you have 10 days between now and your next game against the Washington football team that's going to be coming to Empire Field at Mile High. But let's dive into the issues here because these are things we have to pinpoint, starting off on the offense. You know, Sarah, we've been harping on it all week long, and I think Broncos country is in agreement for the most part. The scheme is really the issue right now for Denver. You see how Cleveland attacked the Broncos with play action and effective play action, not play action where Case Keenum's just dropping back to the middle of the pocket there. He's rolling out. He's throwing backside. They're getting creative against aggressive blitzes, and they're hitting tight end screens. or hitting running back screens, which I, I will give this credit to Pat Shermer. He did bring out the screen game here for this game, but unfortunately it didn't do too much 
Javante Williams scored on it late in the game to make it the 14 to 17 deficit that the Broncos had faced. But the scheme is a little bit of an issue. It is outdated. It's clear as day. And when it takes you the first half, two first downs, you only get that in the first half alone. That is inexcusable when you go punt, punt, interception, punt. It is not conducive. And not to mention, Sarah, the thing that grinds my gears the most was the fact that in the fourth quarter, the Broncos had the ball. Just the lack of urgency when they had it still. They're down by 10 points at this point, and they're getting under center, and they're waiting until the play clock is at two before snapping the ball. They left about three minutes on the field that if they would have just had a little bit of up-tempo, who knows? Maybe they would have had a chance late in the game to do it, but based on how the defense played, I'm not sure they did. But the lack of urgency on the offensive side of the ball, that starts at the coaching level and it trickles down. I, I was frustrated about that. Yeah, me too. I mean, a lack of urgency on offense, especially when your offense is struggling, comes across as apathy. And unfortunately, right now, perception matters. I know you talked on a, uh, an episode in the past about you know Justin Simmons talking about the fact that he was kind of dis disconnecting so to speak from Broncos fans and social media and different things like that because like we don't know what's going on we don't know the plays that are being called we don't know what the role every player has on the play but I'll tell you this much a lack of urgency shows uh, the perception of apathy and unfortunately for the perception of the millions of Broncos fans watching the game the perception is is that it's it's apathetic that you don't care you're not you're not putting forth the type of passion and effort that fans are putting forth so everyone gets frustrated and they'll find different things to be frustrated about and unfortunately there's so many things to be frustrated about right now yeah. these justified frustrations and it starts with pat Shermer. if you can't have a competent offense what are what are we doing what are we doing every single week watching these i mean we're watching these games. We're watching run, run, pass, punt. That's what we're watching. There's no creativity. Like you said, the scheme is outdated. And the players don't – like you mentioned with Noah Fant, he's getting frustrated out there because he's not doing what he's good at doing. These players aren't doing what they're good at doing, Cody. Javante Williams, four carries – in a game where you absolutely need to control the clock, where the where it's windy outside, it's rainy. I mean, you're by the lake. You you're playing against a backup quarterback. Control the game on the ground. Like it, it just seems to me that Pat Shermer lacks just a, a certain perception, or or whether it's just like he he's not clear on. I, I have no idea what's going on with with what he's doing right now. I don't know if he's trying to get fired. I mean. It's unfortunate that we even bring that kind of stuff up. Of course, he's not trying to get fired, but it, it comes across that way because the things that he's doing are just dumb. And I hate to say it like that, but I mean, you're watching. We're all watching the same game. We're all watching yeah. the same things unfold every single week. I even uh, I've even seen like Eric Delala, the guy who works for the Denver Broncos website. He's he's on Twitter talking about run, run, pass, punt, and I'm like, I, I mean, if the guy that works for the team is calling it out, like. Something has to change. I can't imagine how frustrated these players are being part of it. Just, just based on the fact that we're watching this and we wish we could do something about it. I, I'm interested to see how it goes. But you're right, Cody. All these different things that the, that have plagued the Broncos since Pat Shermer became the offensive coordinator, they've been persistent. It's not like they've they've shown glimpses of getting better, but it's just it's brutal to watch at this point. I don't even know where they go from here, other than elsewhere. 
Yeah, I mean, 10 days until your next game. Hopefully you can find some clarity, and there's going to be some nice things that happen. I think one thing to look forward to, Justin Simmons more than likely uh, will experience. He and his wife, Taryn, will probably have the the time during this 10-day breakdown where they will give birth to their second child, and obviously major congratulations to both of them. Two fantastic human beings. really love what they're able to do, what they stand for, and obviously for Justin Simmons. But let's get to the second issue here for the Broncos that was really revealed in this game. Linebacker is a huge area of concern right now because when the defense is doing their job, the defensive line, when they're holding their gap and Mike Purcell is maintaining a double team here and he's anchoring and he's not getting pushed back, but he's opening things up and you got your linebackers who still have a guy that's blocking them, it allows the running backs to hit those holes to get to the outside and it puts a lot of pressure on your defense. And I think when you go back and you watch this game, it is very concerning to me, Sarah, that Kareem Jackson and Ronald Darby and Justin Simmons are the three leading tacklers on this football team in this game. When your DBs lead the team in tackles, that's not a good sign. And and I think it really goes to the fact that, look, the Broncos just – the loss of Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell is bigger than I think any of us ever expected. Mm. And we have high expectations of Justin Sternod, and I've been very vocal about how I view him. However, he has struggled. And and look, I think he's going to have to adjust quickly. He has no choice. There's nobody else that can come in and play for him. Micah Kaiser leaves the game with a groin injury, so now the Broncos, they're really down. They were down in this game to Justin Sternod and Curtis Robinson, so thankfully nobody else got hurt because they wouldn't have had another linebacker to put in there. So I think when you look at everything, the defense this was really that moment I think that you sit and you look in the mirror and you try to figure out like what is going on like how can we fix this I think right now looking at it Sarah it's hard for me to imagine I think a lot of it is how can we adjust our scheme to fit to what our players can do here are we asking Justin Sternot are we asking our players if I'm the defensive coaching staff are we asking them that to do too much and I think that maybe becomes a little bit of an issue it comes a little bit of overkill these are things that I've heard that are happening is that players are being asked to do a little too much right now. And it's unrealistic to where they are at in terms of talent and also just understanding of the playbook specifically at linebacker. So, you know, hopefully Baron Browning can make it back in the next 10 days against the uh, Washington football team. If that's the case, he and Justin Sternod more than likely will get the start, but you, you feel for a guy like Sternod because he's going to obviously be the guy that gets put under the microscope as the guy that's a play color, the green uh, sticker on the helmet and how he's, he's performed the last couple of weeks. He's struggled, but you know, hopefully he can grow from this. I think that's the only thing I can take away from it, not to mention Von Miller's injury was another issue. But Sarah, I think it says volumes to where things are at right now in this game when your DBs lead the team in tackles so far. I mean, very discouraging there. So Broncos country, now we you know we address the issues. Now we get to talking about whether or not any changes are coming with the Broncos organization. And you have a saying this as well, so make sure you interact with us in the comment section on YouTube or on Twitter at Lockdown Broncos. But before we do that, let me tell you about the two other sponsors. Today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, are good friends over there, McDonald's and Built Bar. And this episode of Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get taste affordable food. It's a place where friends and family and football fans can all come together. And if you need a little bit of a pick-me-up after this Broncos loss, go check out McDonald's. Go get yourself some McDonald's breakfast. Get yourself Mm -hmm. a McRourke, a hash brown inside the middle of a sausage egg McMuffin. Go do that. Go check it out at McDonald's today. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, and the home team or away team can come to recharge. And it's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to to rest your legs and to refuel. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and refuel 
reconnect. And did somebody say lockdown Broncos watch party? Well, it might be something in the future. Maybe, maybe not. But either way, find your local McDonald's here today and check it out. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. And Sarah and our good friends over there at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar that is out there on the market. And if I told you that Built Bar didn't taste like a protein bar, but it tasted like a candy bar, would that be something that would entice you to give it a try? Well, they have a variety of amazing flavors. Blueberry muffin is a brand new one. And they're providing three to four different limited time flavors so far throughout this month, every single week. So make sure you check it out at Built.com. The bars are also healthy for you as well. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only four grams of sugar. And get your hands on a box of Built Bar today. We're going to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKDOWN. That's going to get you 15% off your next order at Built.com. Once again, when you use promo code LOCK15, it'll get you 15% off your next order at Built.com. All right, Sarah. We're jumping to the fourth quarter action on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. Free and available everywhere you get your podcast. Just want to say thank you so much to the Broncos country for making Lockdown Broncos your first listener of the day. Thank you so much for your interaction. Some good news out of all the chaos of a Broncos loss is that, hey, we hit 5,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel. So stay tuned on Friday, a little bit later on today. Both Sarah and myself, we're going to announce how you can enter the contest for a free Broncos jersey giveaway courtesy of ourselves. So thank you so much for spending your time with us every single day. But Sarah, our Changes coming here with this Broncos team and looking at the writing on the wall. Offensive coordinator more than likely could be something that happens as early as mid-afternoon today. Could happen this weekend. In your opinion, if you're George Payton right now, and this isn't going to come from Vic Fangio, this is going to come from George Payton. Sarah, if you're George Payton, do you go and say, hey, look, we need to make a change on offense. It's going to be a new play color. Sorry, Pat. You got to go. We got to do. We got to get more out of this offensive unit that has a lot mm-hmm. of talent, and there's no excuses for this type of production. Absolutely, uh, I'm going to Pat Shermer's offense with a bag full of three or four McRorks. Which, man, that <laughs> I was about cracking up when you were saying that. That's that's perfect. But I'm going in there with three or four McRorks, maybe a McFlurry, and and I'm saying, look, Pat. I mean, it's been it's been real. You know, we had our time in Minnesota. We have our we've had our time here in Denver, but. It's time to move on because if if nothing else, Cody, if absolutely nothing else, let's say the Broncos just t- they they stink the rest of the season as a team, they lose enough games to get a top ten draft pick. The worst possible thing that could happen is that we don't get to evaluate these these playmakers on offense. There's too many young playmakers on offense, and you have to be able to fairly evaluate these guys. So last year, my concern was like, okay, well the quarterback is changing so much that like we're not actually getting to see what Jerry Judy brings to the table. We're, we're not actually getting to see what KJ Hamler brings to the table. It's, it's clear now that it's Pat Shermer as the main common denominator of everything. And of course, changing quarterbacks every week doesn't help having Kendall Hinton have to play in the emergency role doesn't help, but Shermer is the common denominator. So that's what I'm saying, man. You got to be able to evaluate your offensive playmakers. You got to find some kind of spark. I, I don't know if it's going to be just Pat Shermer either. I got. I, I have to think that that Teddy Bridgewater has to. You know, just like pitching in baseball, there's some ace pitchers in baseball, and I'm not saying that Teddy Bridgewater is an ace by any means, but there are some aces in Major League Baseball that get pulled from games. I don't know if you've heard of this, Cody. They get pulled from games when they're not pitching well. And, and a relief pitcher comes into the game. It's amazing what happens. Sometimes the relief pitcher is able to get the starting pitcher out of a jam. And I'm saying Teddy Bridgewater is in a jam right now. And Pat Shermer's in a jam right now. And Pat Shermer probably just needs to be replaced outright. But I think Teddy Bridgewater needs to be pulled for a bit. I think he needs to take some time, get healthy, watch your film, 
figure some things out and let Drew Locke play because if not anything else, evaluation has to happen. So get those McRourks ready, get the built bars <laughs> ready, and get a gift package presented to Pat Shermer and send him send him off and and get some evaluation, some actual evaluation going. Well, you know, even if Pat Shermer went to McDonald's, the ice cream machine, if he wanted a McFlurry, it would be broken for him specifically. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that's really kind of where we're at. And I hate to sound like I'm piling on Pat Shermer here, but it's like you, we've seen everything that we can see and expect from this mm-hmm. Broncos offense. And as you mentioned, the common denominator, nothing has changed. Nothing has improved. Everything has taken a step backwards, and it has regressed, which, you know, you can't I – mean, there's no more excuses for it. Something has to change or nothing will ever change. I mean, I think you can quote that. I mean, I can even get that tattooed on my left butt cheek and maybe it would make some sense here but Sarah the last question I have for you here on today's episode lockdown Broncos does this put the Broncos in a position now because look we're a week and a half away from uh, the NFL trade deadline November Mm -hmm. 2nd is the deadline looking at this performance seeing how the Broncos have struggled do you believe that the Broncos become either buyers or sellers or both and if so what positions do they look at They've got to be. They've got to be both, in my opinion, Cody. Just like we talked about before the show, it, it's going to be essential that the Broncos find some way to continue to compete this year if they're able to. Look, you you still have an opportunity if you beat the Washington Football Team on Halloween. You're four and four. You can't pack it in for the season, but I think at the same time you can justify some certain moves trading away a guy like maybe Kyle Fuller or, or I mean, God forbid, Bryce Callahan. I don't know. Want somebody somebody at the cornerback position to get some draft compensation value coming back the other way. Maybe you look at trading Tim Patrick since Jerry Judy's coming back. I hate to even say that, but man, you do have to have one eye on the future at this point. And there's certain guys whose names are going to continually come up and maybe even some bigger names. Maybe, maybe Melvin Gordon gets traded. I mean, there, I don't know. I don't know what all could happen, Cody, but I do think that if they look to acquire some, some players, the, the interesting thing that's going on with the Miami Dolphins and Deshaun Watson, I would be interested in Tua Tagovailoa, and I know I'm going to get trashed in the comments for that, but you're talking <laughs> about quarterbacks in the NFL. They're currency, people. Quarterbacks are currency, and you have to have a quarterback. The Broncos haven't decided that either guy on their roster is their quarterback for the future, so get Tua Tagovailoa for three or four more years on his rookie deal, what he has left. And, and that's cheap. I mean, it's it's cheap. It's not guaranteed. You can get rid of him whenever you want to. If the price is right, I would make that deal. And like you mentioned, Cody, uh, a position on the defensive side of the ball may need some upgrading as well. Yeah, you know, I, I'd expect the Broncos to maybe take a look at the linebackers for some other teams and maybe make a move there, maybe for a more veteran, experienced guy. And it just goes back to the fact that linebacker in this defensive scheme is super important, Sarah. And unfortunately, the Broncos right now, they're sitting at three and four on the season. Yes, a chance to go four and four, but the issues in and of itself will not fix themselves until actual action-based strategies get put into place here by the organization. I'm eager to see what that's going to be like, Sarah. And Broncos country, I just want to say thank you so much for enduring the wins, the losses, the ups and downs here of the Broncos season here with us here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. Your interaction means the world to both Sarah and myself, even if we don't see eye to eye. The always thing is we're always up for debate as long as you keep it respectful. I mean, that's the thing. There's always some disrespectful people in the comments here and there, but then they don't get the platform to be disrespectful anymore. But we appreciate you, Broncos country. Thank you so much. I know times are hard right now with the Broncos loss. We sympathize 
fans with you. And we hope to be here when everything gets back on track. And there was a good saying I always looked at, when you pray for rain, you got to deal with the mud too. And right now the Broncos, they're stuck in a little bit of quicksand while it's raining and they're going to have to try to claw their way back out. But you know what? I can tell you this. I know some players on that roster that have that resilient mindset to them that are looking to get out of this little bit of a mud hole that they are in and back to greener pastures. But it's going to take some time. It's going to take some work. And more importantly, it's going to take some change. So thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. You can get this podcast free and available everywhere you get your podcast. Not to mention we got you covered every single day here on YouTube. You can watch us. Hit that subscribe button. Turn on notifications. Once again, Broncos Country Mile High salute to all of you. Let us know how you feel in the comment section down below. Can't wait to talk with you. We'll see you on Monday for a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.